If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Romans and Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 14, and we'll read that in just a few moments. Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 14. Title of the message this morning, I believe, is something that we can all relate to. I know I can. The title of the message this morning is, Why is it so hard to do the right thing? Why is it so hard to do the right thing? It, you know, it seems that at times we struggle to do the right thing. Now, part of that is just being a human being. And I, I think that people that, who have become Christ followers struggle with that more than others. And so this morning, as we live our Christian lives, as we are followers of Christ, why is it so hard sometimes to do the right thing? One of the men in the Bible, or as we look in the Bible, we find that there are many heroes, many men that God used. One of those was Paul. Paul was one that God used in a mighty way. But as we look at the life of Paul, we see that even Paul saw the struggle. And I want us to look at that this morning in Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 14. It says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold as a slave to sin. For I do not understand what I'm doing, because I do not practice what I want to do. But I do what I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that is good, that it is good. So now I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my flesh. For the desire to do what is good is with me, but there is no ability to do it, for I do not. Do the good that I want to do, but I practice the evil that I do not want to do. Now, if I do what I do not want, I no longer, I am no longer the one that does it. But it is the sin that lives in me. So I discovered this law. When I want to do what is good, evil is present with me. Now, I know that the, the book of Romans maybe is harder to understand than other books, but in this book, it reminds us even someone as faithful as Paul struggled at times to do what was right. Paul taught the truth, and we hear the truth Sunday after Sunday from God's Word, but why is it? that it's hard to do the right thing sometimes. And we've all had to do with that. This morning, remember the slogan that has been issued for years about if you go to Las Vegas? What's the slogan? Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Now, what does that mean? Now, don't, don't tell me. I really <laughs> but you know, to me, when you make a statement like that, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, 
It's basically saying, okay, if you do it in Vegas, there's no consequence. Well, let me tell you something. And you know it. I hear people today, they take out Vegas and say, well, what happens in LaBelle? Well, let me tell you, it don't stay in LaBelle. <laughs> right? Did you know that now Vegas has a new slogan? They don't have that, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. They have a new one. What happens here only happens here. That's their new slogan. Now, what is that telling us? It's telling us that we can do what we want and don't worry about it. It's just in a certain area. It, it's that we can do what we want and, you know, we, we deserve to have this little pleasure and, and do whatever we want. But at the same time, is that right? As a child of God or as a follower of Christ, sometimes we don't do the right things like, have you ever lost, <laughs> have you ever lost your temper? Have you ever dwelt on thoughts that you shouldn't? Have you ever said something that really wasn't appropriate? We've all been there. We've done these things, and after we've done them, we said, man, why? You see, as a Christ follower, there seems to be this tension between doing what we know is right and slipping up and doing what is wrong. So again, why is it so hard to do the right thing? So this morning, I want us to think about that. Why is it so hard to do the right thing? Well, number one, let's just be honest here. Sometimes it's hard to do the right thing because, well, sometimes we just don't want to. Let's be honest. Sometimes we just don't want to do the right thing. Doing the wrong thing... Let's think about it. Doing the wrong thing comes more natural. And I say that because of our sin nature. There's a phrase or a saying that, that applies to the sin that entered this world when Adam and Eve committed sin, and it's called original sin. And all of us have that. In other words, it is easier in our nature to do what is wrong. Now, that doesn't give you an excuse. Well, it Adam and Eve's fault. It is not me. I mean, listen to the, the, the shows on TV. It's mama's fault. It's daddy's fault. It's grandparents' fault. It, it, it's fault because I was raised in a house that didn't have air conditioning. You know, it's someone else's fault. Well, the Bible teaches us that, yes, there is original sin. But at the same time, as we look at that, we, we have in, inherited this sin. It, it's got everything started. And as we think of that, what can we do? I want you to look in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Turn over to Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. I'm sorry, 18. I looked at my notes wrong. Verse 18. In Romans chapter 5, verse 18, it says, So then, as through one trespass, there is condemnation for everyone. So also through one righteous act, there is justification leading to life for everyone. Now let me read the same verse 
in the message. Just as one person did it wrong and got us all in this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. Sin? Did it happen? Yes. We have that sin nature. We will always have that sin nature as long as we live here on earth. But at the same time, our God was so loving that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross so that we can overcome that. In other words, we, through Jesus Christ, have the power to overcome the sin that wants to drive us in life. Now, I know some of you like Discovery Channel. And there's a lot of things. And, and parents, you, you need to see what all is on Discovery Channel. There are operations being performed on kids who have deformities. Now, that sounds gross to, to watch, but doctors will go in there and fix deformities that children were born with and make them like they should be. I know when Owen was born and part of his intestines was outside of his stomach, a couple days after he was born, the doctor just simply took his scalpel and cut, and his intestines fell right back in. You see, Jesus fixes what naturally is wrong. He'll fix what is naturally wrong. Wrong. And the truth is that even when we become Christ's followers, we still have this sin nature. And, 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 and guys, you know it, I know it. And it has residence within us. So we, need, so, so we live our lives with this battle going on. The side of heaven, well, as long as we're on this side of heaven, we're going to struggle. In James chapter 4, verse 1. It says, what is the source of wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? Now, the message says it like this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Think about that. We all have this battle going on inside of us. Now, no, I ain't going to date myself. I was going, no, not going to do that. Uh, sin. Christ in us. Sin is, say, oh, go ahead. What you do in Vegas stays in Vegas. The Lord is telling us how we should act. Sometimes, what is it? Sometimes we just don't want to do what's right. We want to do what? what we want. In Luke's gospel, chapter 9, verse 23, it says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up the cross daily and follow me. You see, we've got to take up the cross of Jesus Christ. And is it worthy? And isn't it grand to take up his cross? Think about it. 
Think about doing the work of Christ. Think about living a life for Christ. It doesn't exempt us from trouble, but it does put us on a path that where we are doing the right thing and the thing that he wants us to do. Indulgence. America is known for a country of indulgence. Think of it. One of the things that I am reminded in a personal note is the weight I've gained back since my surgery. I don't like it. Indulgence. Eating everything in the house after supper. Indulgence. We do it. Indulgence. Have you noticed the commercials? Have you noticed years ago when we used to go to grocery stores and, and, <laughs> and at the checkout counter were all these different magazines. A Martian came and ate two marshmallows and became pregnant or something, you know, it just uh, like that. And, but also on the front of the, the whatever magazine, Inquire or whatever it was, they would have either a candy bar or a piece of pizza. What always amazed me with the candy bar, because there was that picture of candy bar at the checkout Right there, and guess what was below the magazines? The candy bar. All kinds of candy bar. Twin packs, triple packs. And we buy it. Pizza. Seven pizza places in LaBelle. We must love pizza. Comes on TV, boy. Now we just pick up the phone that bring me that pizza. Indulgence. We want it. But you know, even in our churches, even in our churches, tithing. You say, well, I know that we're supposed to tithe. I know as a child of God I'm supposed to give. But again, indulgence. Malachi reminds us where we need to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Giving to the Lord. Many times we say, well, you know, that's, that's good, but, you know, they got enough. But we need to see what the Lord wants us to do. Sometimes we just don't want to do the right things because we just don't want to do it. But sometimes we position ourselves for failure when we do what we want to do. Now, Daryl had a rich uncle. No, he didn't. But there was an old boy from Kentucky who moved away, Daryl, and he made a fortune. And when he retired, he returned home to spend the rest of his years hunting and fishing in Kentucky. And he was going to build this grand retirement home. And so as he went back to Kentucky, he got this carpenter. And he met with the carpenter and he had the house plans that he had got the New York architect from the biggest firm in New York. And he rolled out those blueprints to this Kentucky carpenter. And the carpenter looked at the blueprints and he said, sir... I know you got a lot of money. I know that you could hire any carpenter you want. But you're making a mistake with these plans. 
And that man from Kentucky who had all that money, he said, look, you're either going to build it like I want or I'm going to find another carpenter. Well, the carpenter said, well, I can tell you one thing. If I build this mansion for you, your bathroom is going to be inside the house. I'm on. Y'all can get that. Now, was this guy setting himself up for failure? I can imagine when all the guests came over to the house, well, you got to go outside. Now, if that was 30 years ago, I guess that'd be all right, right, Daryl? 60s. Oh, 60 years ago. Setting a failure. Do we do that sometimes? Do we make these plans and they look good and someone says, you know, you maybe need to look again. You know, the Bible, the Lord used this phrase, lead us not in temptation. Lead us not. Sometimes we put ourselves in these positions, and when Jesus taught his followers how to pray, he included the line, lead us not into temptation, that express to imply that God was showing us what to do and how to do it. And, and James chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, it says, When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he, by his own evil desires. He is dragged away and enticed. Then after the desires have conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Think about that. Now, I've told you stories about New Orleans, and you know, you know it's built in a bowl. Well, in New Orleans, there's a, a one place that if it rains, this place is going to flood. Okay, It's just guaranteed. Everybody who, grows, who grew up there knows this. There's an overpass, and then there's a road that goes under the overpass, so it's lower. And when it rains, guess what? That underpass floods. Every year on the news, it shows people who drives up to that underpass and go, I can get through that. I can get through that. And every year, there's interviews or pictures of five and six cars flooded out, and they have to wait till they drain that underpass. Well, the thing that amazes me is that at the next flood, some of the same people are down there with flooded cars. You know, it's like they didn't learn the first time. Oh, I can get, I'm going to get, I'm going to go faster. And I just won't stop. <laughs> you know, sometimes these things, you know, common sense, all these things, you know, there's a verse in the Bible, we don't like to read this verse because it, it sounds gross, but Proverbs 26.11 says, As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats foolishness. Think about it. Sometimes, I know I'm not, we're not supposed to call people fools, but sometimes we repeat the same mistakes. We need to see as, as, as we grow up that sometimes we're setting ourselves up for failure because of the decisions we're making. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it says, 
to Timothy, flee from your youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. What's that saying we, we used to say? When you play with fire, you're going to get burned. But what do we think? Oh, not me. Uh-uh. Now, again, in Louisiana, I'm using them today. In Louisiana, most of the homes are connected to natural gas. So it's common to see the gas company doing maintenance work and checking the meters and things like that. Well, one day, there was a lady at her home, and she saw two gas meter men working around her house. Well, these two men, an older one and a younger one, had been joking with each other all day, and the younger one had been teasing the older one that, you know, you, you're getting old, you can't move, you know, you, you, you know, you're slow. And so the older one finally had enough of that, and he, after they got finished working on this lady's gas meter and checking everything out, the older one said to the younger one, he said, I'm gonna, I'll race you back to the truck. Well, these two men take off running down the alley back to their truck. Well, as they were about halfway, they heard behind them this lady with her spatula screaming. Aah! And they turned around and say, man, what's wrong? She said, when you see two gas men who were working at my house running, something must be wrong. She was fleeing for her life. Well, guys, there's times in our life when we need to flee from temptation. We don't need to stick around. If the drinking's going to be there and that's going to be a temptation, leave. If there's other things that are going to happen and you know they're going to happen, get out of there. I don't know if you need to go with your spatula, but you need to get out of there. We need to flee those temptations. God wants to work in our life, but sometimes we're also guilty. We just don't want to listen. <laughs> we don't want to listen to mom and dad. We don't want to listen to our grandparents. We, we don't want to listen to our youth director. We, we don't want to listen to the pastor. We don't want to listen to anybody. We don't want to listen to God. But you see, that's what gets us in trouble, because we are not willing to listen to the Holy Spirit of God. Why was the Holy Spirit left? It was, help, it was left to help us. Jesus told us that we would need that. And we are sometimes unwilling to listen to the Holy Spirit of God to help those that need help. And today it's kind of, nah, nah, I'll, I'll do it on my own. Guys, God is here to lead us. God is here to guide us. And we need to listen to our guide. Have you ever gone on one of those tours, you know, and your tour guide says, now we're going to get off the bus, and it's very important that you stay together as a group, and if, if you do go off, please make sure you're in pairs, don't go off by yourself, but it's important that you stay with the group. What always happens? There's somebody who doesn't stay with the group, or we will meet back here at 4.30. People that, well, you know, by my watch, I had 10 more minutes. We don't want to listen. But then we also need to see something else. The cleanup job isn't finished yet. In other words, in our lives, 
Jesus said to his disciples, he, he, he basically said, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. In other words, he was putting out a goal there. He said, set for perfection. Look up. That is a high standard. But we're in a world today that is doing what to standards? We're just moving them out of the way. But there is a high standard. A high standard of following the Lord Jesus Christ. And is that worthy? Yes, it's worthy. A high standard that is before us. And that is the job as Christians to help other people with that standard to reach up and do what God is calling us to do. Millard Erickson said this. She said, the standard to be aimed for is the complete freedom from sin. You hear that? The standard to be aimed for is the complete freedom from sin. That's what we should be aiming for. Looking to our Lord. Those that are in, in nautical terms, a lot of times we tell boys, we tell men, if you're looking up to the sky, always look to the north star. Guys, who are we looking to? The work we're in, the progress, yes, we're going to make mistakes, and yes, I'm going to get off my diet and those things, but that doesn't give me just to keep on going. What about the right thing? It might be a little harder, but think of the rewards of doing what God wants us to do. Or we'll just slide by like the world. But look what that is bringing us. No standards. Do what we want to do. I'm not going to change. You're going to have to change. You see, God is showing us. And I believe this is what the world wants today. Are people who realize what Jesus can do. We sang about how he can calm the storm. We, we sang about how he'll walk with us. Do we really believe that? Or we just do what we want to do? Our Lord. Our Lord. Is there to guide us and to help us? Will we let him in? Let's pray. It's gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, that yes, sin seems so strong, but Lord, at the same time, may we see the importance of strengthening our faith in you. And Lord, as we grow closer to you, you'll show us the importance of a strong faith. And some of those things that used to tempt us will no longer tempt us and will work on others so that they won't tempt us. Lord, may we strengthen our relationship with you. Lord, may we not just be satisfied with a relationship, but strive for a strong relationship with you. Lord, one that will help us in temptation, one that will guide us. Lord, one that will strengthen us. Because, Lord, it is important to do the right thing. We ask this in your son's name.